You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Do you bleed green? Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. <laughs> This is Birds 365, hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. Here we go, here we go! Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50 plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack and join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go. Let's go. Go. And good good morning, football fans. Specifically those of you who root for the Philadelphia Eagles. This is Birds 365 with Mac and Mac, McDonald and McMullen. Here to hang with you on a midweek Wednesday. JM, we got lots to talk about when it comes to the Philadelphia Eagles. And I get it. We're in the midst of the offseason. Every single move the Eagles make, we analyze slash overanalyze. We can't wait for the season to actually get here. Uh, but across the board, we've sung the praises of Howie Roseman at all about the moves that the Eagles have made. They have upgraded the roster in a lot of different ways. But one that you can't necessarily say they've upgraded, it's as a question mark at best, is their front office. Uh, last night, the Eagles lost another key executive. We knew that it was a possibility. Andy Weidel had uh, been rumored to be interested in the Pittsburgh Steelers general manager opening. He interviewed for it. He interviewed for it a second time. They got down to six candidates who got two interviews apiece. 
and a lot of people believe Danny Weidel was a top candidate. He's leaving for the Pittsburgh Steelers, not to become their general manager, but their assistant general manager. If you can, please explain how this is an upgrade for Andy Weidel to go to Pittsburgh. To basically, it seems to be the same job, but titles come into the mix here that uh, denote how much power a guy has. Why is Andy Weidel no longer in the Eagle office, uh, front office? <clears throat> yeah, this is an interesting one, Jody. As you mentioned, there's been complete, complete attrition at the top of the Eagles scouting department, basically the top three guys. And now, you know, now that we're in hindsight, you can kind of look back and see the, 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 the breadcrumbs, uh, you know, moving toward Andy Weidel leaving. Um, now, the, it, you know, it was interesting yesterday because I, I, you know, the word got out there that the Steelers were done with their second interviews and they were going to move pretty quickly to hire a GM. And I just put a little tweet out there that said, Andy Weidel watch Eagles, blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, and then pretty quickly after that, and, uh, uh, somebody texted me friend of the show, by the way, uh, and said, Khan, Omar Khan's going to get the job. And I said, "Woo, Eagles dodged the bullet. Turned out he was right. Omar Khan got the job. Um, Makes sense from the Steelers. The Steelers are the definition of continuity. That's what they do. They want to keep everything in-house if, if possible. Um, and they went with, with Omar. Um, so that part made complete sense to me. And then all of a sudden, here comes, oh, and Andy Waddle's going to be the assistant GM. And then you're like, well, I didn't even know they were looking for an assistant GM. I didn't know they were looking for first place and second place. Now, from the Steelers' perspective, it makes some sense in that Omar is was mainly on the business side under under Kevin Colbert. So maybe they're setting up sort of this uh, two pronged approach. You have you have the business guy, you have the scouting guy. Um, so from that standpoint, it 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 could make some sense from their perspective. Maybe they wanted Brandon Hunt the other internal candidate, but maybe he got upset about losing out. Who knows what the politics are from the Steelers side. Um, and, you know, Andy is, is a Pittsburgh guy, grew up in the Pittsburgh area. Tom Donahue gave him his first job out in Pittsburgh. And we got to circle back to Tom Donahue. Um, Ended up, he leaves, obviously. And you're right. You know, on paper, other than the title, vice, pe vice president of player personnel versus assistant GM. And I've mentioned this before on the show. For whatever reason, the NFL has sort of set assistant GM, that title, as more than vice president of, you know, Jody McDonald, whatever title you want to give. The biggest title in the history of the world. Vice President of Football Operations, perfect example. By every definition, Cat Race had more things to do than, you know, an assistant GM who just works on the scouting side. But for whatever reason, the NFL sees personnel control as the be-all, end-all. And if you're number two, they consider that a promotion at this point. Um you can argue that, but that's got to be better defined. And 
you know, you have all these nebulous terms. The Eagles have been very uh, uh, headstrong about not giving out that title. I don't know why it, it would simplify a lot of issues uh, if you wanted to keep people. And maybe that's the answer. If you wanted to keep people. I I, I mean, it. I, I will say when all this started with Ian Cunningham and, and Brandon Brown, they just got straightforward promotions. So if you look at each thing in an individual context, it's not that bad. If you look at, at Catherine Race, she just wanted to work with Andrew Berry. They're very close. Uh, in, in a lot of ways, Andrew Berry uh, got her on the fast track to being where she is as the highest ranking uh, woman's football executive so far in the history of the NFL. Um, she just wanted to work there, wanted to work with him. Um, understandable. Andy, though, is the one where my ears kind of perk up. And I go all the way back to his pre-draft media availability when he wasn't there. He was sick. Maybe he was sick. I mean, that's, you know, sometimes Oxum's razor applies. That's the simplest uh, answer is usually the right one. Um, and maybe he was. Maybe he's just under the weather. Um, but knowing Andy Waddle, he's not going to miss that. And, you know, from look, looking back, as I said, in hindsight, you essentially fire his younger brother. You essentially put his mentor out the pasture. And I, I mean, you were almost pushing him out the door. Right. That, that's what my next question job. was going to be here, John. Was there a job for Andy Weidel here to come back to? He was going to be uh, from, from what, what, what Howie said in public and, and, and honestly behind the scenes as well. He'll be back if, if he doesn't get the Steelers job um, as the vice president of player personnel. Um, turns out the Steelers had two jobs. It, it, to me, it looks like if Andy had any other options, he was out the door. And the calendar worked against him, obviously, because all, all the other GM uh, uh, openings were full. Uh, most of the scouting departments, there's some, you know, you're going to see a, a whole wave of announcements around the league as this month comes to a close about scouts moving back and forth. So there's always movement, but movement becomes much more difficult the higher you get you get up in a scouting department. Andy's number one in Philadelphia scouting department. He'll be number one in Pittsburgh scouting department. But um, you know those jobs are few and far between. Um, so there was no guarantee he was going to get that type of offer. Um, but if he was going to get any offer, uh, he was leaving this organization. And we go all the way back. There's some kind of disconnect going on with Howie Roseman and Andy Weidel. And, you know, Howie's had a great offseason. You know, great offseason. I've said it. You've said it. I think most people have said it. The unintended consequence of all that, you know, love and whatever adjective you want to use to describe it, uh, uh, people slapping you on the back instead of kicking you, in the you know what, well, maybe we're getting a little bit back to Howie Roseman 1.0 uh, versus Howie Roseman 2.0. We shall see who the Eagles 
determined to come in and fill the voids they have in their front office. They've la- lost four key executives. And as of right now, John, uh, they haven't really hired anyone that you would say, all right, well, this person will fill this role in the hierarchy of the Philadelphia Eagles. Shoot, we don't even know what the hierarchy of the Philadelphia Phillies are. There are reports saying that they're going to change the structure as to the way they put their front office together. As you correctly pointed out, they, for their own reasons, seem reticent to give out the title of assistant general manager. I don't know if the next person who is the person under Howie Roseman is or isn't going to get that title. I don't know if the person that is brought in to replace uh, Catherine Rach is going to get the same title she had. Titles are nice, and it's funny in the NFL, as you again pointed out, the NFL has their own way of looking at titles that they attribute to all 32 teams, but yet you could have a title and be responsible for something completely different on team A than if you work for team B. So it does get muddled and a little tough to understand. Here's one thing I don't think any of us have to work too hard to understand. Right now, the Eagles are a little undermanned and or underwoman. They're understaffed. They've lost some guys and gals who have been key contributors to them the last couple of years, haven't come close to replacing them. When do we expect that to happen? I know that right now in the NFL, it's not a time where you're desperate to have all your pieces in place. The draft has been had. Most of the key free agent signings, yeah, I know there are still some free agents out there and everyone's still looking for a safety despite the fact that Jonathan Gannon spoke glowingly about the guys in his safety room as of right now, yesterday. And we'll get to that in just a couple of minutes. Um, the, the, the major moves of the offseason have been made. The roster construction is at a point where it's at. You, you're not desperate for those to help Howie Roseman, but you also are very shorthanded right now. When do you think we see some movement on this, John? Well, there's been movement already behind the scenes. Um the Eagles announce, I, I kind of told you, the Eagles announce all these things at once. So once they get the whole department uh, ratcheted down, uh, they will announce it. Um, Matt Russell, you've probably seen, is is going to come back. Um, was here before. Uh, longtime Broncos executive. Obviously, George Payton got that job last year, so tends to be turnover in different places. So he's going to come back and sort of that supposedly that Tom Donahoe role as a senior executive. Um, he's bringing along uh, one scout. I, I was looking for his name. I, 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 I'll, I'll look for it in, uh, in the break. Charles Walls is coming in from Cleveland. Um, the most Interesting name to me was Morocco Brown because the thought around the league, and he was, you probably heard that name before, Colts executive has gotten a number of GM jobs, uh, GM interviews. Um, he, the thought around the league, and this is one-sided, that he was going to get, he was going to get a high-ranking uh, position uh, with the Eagles. And for whatever reason, um, that kind of unraveled uh, and now he's not coming. You, Brandon Hunt, who was a finalist for the Steelers job, you know, maybe he's upset. Maybe that's a trade. Maybe you end up that the Eagles wanted Brandon Hunt before um, or, or were thinking about hiring before when they hired Joe Douglas. Um, so they've had their eye on him 
for a while. Um, so there's been a lot of movement behind the scenes. Uh, guys like Alan Wolking, who's here, you know, he was the Southeast area scout for years. You know, think Alabama, Georgia, he's going to get promoted. It's just a matter of what Bill Baez been around for a long time. He's going to get promoted. Amina Solomon's going to get promoted. Um, so there's going to be a lot of promotions, a lot of people coming in. A lot of turnover, though. Um, and it's strange for a team. Look, it's not strange at all if you fire the GM. All right, you know, you clean house. Um, right. A lot of people want to bring in their own people. But generally, I brought up George Payton. Generally, even that happens slowly because – you can't come in and just fire everybody who's been working and doing all the work. So that's generally a, a, a slower phase. The fact that the Eagles have lost this many high profile people in essentially, you know, six months, five months, it's unheard of. I can't think of another it, from a, from a, from an organization that didn't fire their GM. Right. Without the unbelievable. The top. Yeah. It's unbelievable. That's why I'm I'm asking, and you're saying there are some. Uh, the guy from Denver did come in, but to fill the Tom Donahoe role, I don't even consider the Tom Donahoe role one of the key offseason changes in the Eagles. Oh, office. it is. It is. That one's key. That one you should put Tom I, with with. Uh, in a lot of ways, you know, like Tom took a Tom's older. I think he's 75, so he might retire. Um, he was a very important part of that scouting department. And in fact, when when Chip Kelly uh, sort of, uh, not sort of, when Chip Kelly was fired, they were making the transition back. You know, Tom ran the scouting department before they, they hired uh, Joe Douglas. <clears throat> Excuse me. He's he was very, very important to everything the Eagles did. He just didn't want the day-to-day grind because of his age. Very important the decision making. And that was why I said a, a, another tea leave. Now, again, Oxum's razor, perhaps he is 75. Perhaps he just wanted to retire. And we'll see. Like Jim Swartz retired. Now Jim's not that age, but remember, remember when he retired, Jody. What what was that retirement? Tom Brady like. Um I'm not, you know, maybe Tom works somewhere else. Maybe he doesn't, but he was a very important part of this organization. Very important part of the scouting department. And more than, than that, he's Andy Waddell's mentor, man, that, that was his guy. And when you're pushing him out the door and you're pushing his younger brother out the door and you expect well, Andy well, wait, Waddell to yeah, show what, up. John, which one is it? The Tom Dotto retire or was he pushed out the door? Well, that, Hey, it's possible because of his age that he retired. If you're asking me, I think that's exactly what I'm doing. I'm asking you. You're, I think you're, you're, you're I, selling I, me on, on both things happen with Tom Dono, and I got to believe one of the two happened. The I think didn't. he was pushed out the door. I think he was pushed out the door. I think it, it goes, you know, one of those things where you go back to the year prior, the Milton Williams pick, everybody saw it. We were all saying at that time, all right, nice knowing you, Tom. Um, took a year. And they let his contract expire, but it ended up being nice knowing you, Tom. 
And that uh, may have signified that uh, Andy Weidel should be aggressive in his pursuit for a job for a, in looking for another job from another team. Uh, so the Eagles do have some questions. They're answering a lot of questions with guys who will be on the field for them this upcoming year with the moves that they've made as far as personnel goes. Who's going to be contributing to making those decisions going forward? Eagles still have some questions to answer. All right, uh, we've got our first guest of the day lined up. When we come back, our buddy Jeff Kerr from CBSSports.com will jump aboard. Uh, we'll certainly talk birds with him and a couple other league things, league meetings going on, things going on around the National Football League. We'll talk both of those things with Jeff Kerr at CBSSports.com with us next here on Birds 365. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Android TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. The big story on action. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. In Philadelphia, we celebrated the miracle with pride only five years ago. And then the following morning, IBEW Local 98 members went back to work, building this city, rescuing our communities from decay, and inspiring the young men and women of the region to take pride in who we are. Like the cats, Local 98 members believe in hope. To learn more about who we are, what we do, and career opportunities with Local 98, visit us, ibew98.org. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. The glass is for cocktails, right? It's for this, this, this. And that. Is the length of the glass equal to your... You betcha. But is it made out of... Glass? Okay, but is the rim... Smooth? Will you stop doing... That? I'm the professional here. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. All from the company that's highly awarded. Zero cars, zero sugar, and deliciously tasting vodka. So good, it just disappears. Wednesday edition of Birds 365 here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. McMullen McDonald hanging with you. Smash that like button. 
because Jeff Kerr is right. The former undersized offensive lineman hops aboard Birds 365. Uh, how's your offseason going, J.K.? Uh, probably a lot better than a lot of all seasons around the NFL. Uh, it's not going better than the Eagles, I'll say that. I, I don't think the Eagles missed on too many opportunities this offseason. Uh, that's fair to say, except maybe the personnel department. What's going on with the personnel department in Philadelphia, Jeff? Uh, you know, you and I have been around this league for a little while. You rarely see this type of movement when a GM isn't fired. Here, the GM is there. You usually have a semblance of continuity. Everybody's fleeing the ship of this organization that keeps me making good moves. Uh, are we making too much of it? Or is it just the rest of the league likes the Eagles employees so much they have to have them? I think it's a combination of both. Uh, you know, this is something Ocean Casino should really get into here. When Howie Rosen and Tom Donahoe had the whole blow up last year on draft night, Ocean Casino should have put out like a live bet. Will Tom Donahoe be on the Eagles at the end of 2022? Yeah. Plus one fifty for yes and minus one fifty for no. And if you took no, you would have won. So you know, between that and Andy Weidel leaving, I wasn't surprised by that. What I was surprised of is the Eagles really couldn't give him the assistant GM title, just say, Hey, look, here's a bump up in salary, here's a bump up in title. No, he's going over to Pittsburgh. And I think it's a testament of what the Eagles have built in their scouting department, obviously with guys like Brandon Brown and Ian Cunningham. I mean, they lost so many people, but at the same time, you're thinking to yourself, well, why are all these people leaving? Are these people want promotions or is the Eagles front office actually good? Or do they just want to get away from Howie Roseman or, you know, Howie Roseman has too much power. It might be a combination of all three. But let me play before you jump in, Jody. Sorry. Let me play devil's advocate here. If, if Even if you want to give Andy Weidel uh, the assistant GM job, and who knows, we'll see what they do. Maybe they give that title out. Maybe Brandon Hunt's the assistant GM here. Who knows? We'll see. Um, if you wanted to keep Andy Weidel, why are you firing his brother? And why are you pushing his mentor out the door if you were trying to keep him? Yeah, it didn't seem like they wanted to – Put up much of a fight to keep Andy Wilde. Yeah, I agree. Why would you fire his brother? Like, what are you just trying to get rid of all the hires you made from that Joe Douglas regime? And you know, because Andy Wilde came when Joe Douglas came, and mm -hmm. I, I like the Wilde hire probably as much as I like the Douglas hire when they got him from Baltimore. So I'm thinking, okay, Andy Wilde might be the future successor to Howie Roseman, or he's going to have a big role in that front office, and he did. But you're right, John. Like, you get rid of his mentor. You get rid of um, – I always forget Andy Wilde's brother's name, John. Casey. 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 Thank you. And so you're getting rid of him. Now all of a sudden you're Andy Wilde. You're thinking, okay, am I next? Do they want me to be next? Do they want me to get a promotion elsewhere? Do they? So if you're Andy Wilde, you got to be thinking to yourself, okay, what's the best move for me? Well, it obviously was Pittsburgh. He didn't get the GM job. That's fine. They went internal. But in a way, Pittsburgh – I don't want to say it was an internal move that Andy Weidel went back to Pittsburgh, but he was with that organization once upon a time back when Cordell Stewart was quarterback. So in a way they kind of kept it in the family. And as John said, uh, uh, Omar Khan, the guy that they hired under their previous general manager was pretty much a business guy 
So maybe there's more teeth to the assistant general manager side on the personnel in the way Pittsburgh's going to structure it. Maybe that was something that uh, Andy Weidel was uh, made a key in his decision as to whether he was going to jump from one organization to the other and what seems to be a pretty lateral move. All right, let's take it on to the field, JK. We have not had you on since the, the Eagles had their last big signing, which was uh, getting James Bradbury after he was released by the Giants. I was beating the drums pretty good for this guy. I still think he's a top-notch cornerback. These kind of guys don't come available at this time of year. Uh, the Giants were trying to get something in exchange for him, finally had to give up hope, but the rest of the National Football League said, we know you're going to cut him, so why would we trade you anything for him? We'll wait till he gets cut. Exactly what happened. Eagles end up as his selection, signs a market value contract, not above, not below, right at about market value, at least per my evaluation. Uh, got a chance to talk to all the available media yesterday. Seems like a thoughtful guy, a little underspoken, but I think that's a good balance between he and Darius Slay. We haven't had a chance to talk to you since Badbury inked his Eagle deal. How big an addition is this for the birds in your eyes? A needed addition. They needed this guy, bottom line. And I thought they were going to go a little bit of a cheaper route than James Bradbury. I thought maybe they'd go after Xavier Rhodes or someone who is familiar with John Faganda in the past. But this was the best signing they could make out of the cornerback market. They, they waited for this guy to be released, give credit to Howie Roseman, give credit to that front office, give credit to Darius Slay. They pounced. And I always thought it was kind of interesting when Darius Slay was kind of hinting. And you could tell he was pushing for James Bradbury just by his social media activity. Like, it's get this guy in here. I want this guy in here. I want this guy as my number two. And I like it on the sense last year, remember we were talking about who's going to be their cornerback two? Who's it going to be? All throughout the summer. And then they signed Steven Nelson. You're like, okay, this isn't bad. This is a proven player. No, you got a proven player now. You got a guy who has the potential. I, I mean, he's shown he's a cornerback one. He was a pro bowler two years ago. Him and Slay are still the only defensive backs with 80 passes defense since Bradbury's entered the league in 2016. I, I think Bradbury's the first cornerback in at least 15 years to have his first six seasons where he's had over eight or nine passes defense every season. So you know this guy is going to make plays for you. And with Derek, we lose Jeff Jody. Did you yeah, lose him? Seems like he's a me? little frozen. A little frozen. Tone, could you bring Jeff down? Bring him back up. Um, yeah, you know Pat Leonard. We had Pat on. Uh, he he made me feel better about James Bradbury because uh, he had mentioned he was playing through that nagging injury, Jody, and you know. I, I always say that with Baker Mayfield. You fight through things. Coaches respect that. Now, from the Giants' perspective, um, they had to move on from the salary cap perspective. But if the Eagles, and Jeff is back, if the Eagles get the James Bradbury of 2020, then you're really talking talking about something potentially special with not only Bradbury and Slay, but also Avante Maddox. And it, we get, we got a chance to talk to uh, Jonathan Gannon for a while yesterday, Jeff, both in, in public and behind the scenes. Abante's not moving, so you can shut down that safety stuff. Um, the Eagles think they have three really, really good corners, and I agree with them. I wouldn't move Avante Max either. I, I like how Jonathan Gannon's doing that. Don't move your one of the best slot cornerbacks in football, which is what Avante Max is now, 
to strengthen a position, and you might you might weaken both at the same time. Marcus Epps is perfectly fine being the starting safety on this football team this year if they choose to go that route. I'm a little skeptical about Anthony Harris, but I was more in favor of them bringing him back than I was Rodney McLeod. So if they do roll with a Kayvon Wallace, Marcus Epps, um, Anthony Harris safety trio, I'm for that because of what their cornerback situation is. You have Darius Slay, you have James Bradbury, you have Avante Maddox. Uh, Zach McPherson being your number four is definitely not the worst thing in the world. And according to Jonathan Gunn yesterday, at least what I heard, Oh, they're perfectly fine at safety. They're good at safety. He really likes his safety room, the flexibility of the safety, the talent of the safety. He was in full pump-up-my-guys mode with the safety room yesterday. Uh, I'm not sure if he believes everything he was saying, but he was putting it out there for public consumption. We'll see if the Eagles reach out and try and uh, grab another safety. All right, so they're not moving Avante Maddox, which means they only have what? 12 other cornerbacks to consider to move to the <laughs> safety position because they got 13 of them on the roster right now. At some point, isn't somebody going to be moved to the safety, one of you two guys? Which one, though? Um, you know, is Tate Allen or Kerry Vincent? Can, can they play safety, John? They don't really look like safeties to me. Uh, I, you know, I guess the answer to that would be what type of safety? I guess the old school safety, no. Uh, but, you know, now the safety position is, like everything else, has become more about coverage. So coverage, in a lot yeah. of ways, um, you know, maybe Tay Gallant's got the length. Um, you know, he's a player. It, I, You know, Jody's right when he says, you know, for public consumption, Jonathan's fired up about the safety uh, position. You know, there's a public and there's a private. The Eagles are legitimately, legitimately fired up about Marcus Epps. I, you know, you can never right disagree. Um, and I'm talking to listeners, uh, anybody you can disagree. They really believe in Marcus Epps. That's legit. Everybody else, I, I think that's more of the pump up for public consumption. Jody was talking about. So maybe they do add a safety. At some point, if things break the right way, but it's not going to be to replace Marcus Epps, it's going to be to replace Anthony Harris or Kayvon Wallace. Um, is that good enough? I, I I don't know, but I will say this. If you have everything else, and they seem to have everything else, they now have linebackers. We're talking about depth for the first time in history, it seems, at linebacker. Certainly the, the first time in 20 years. The defensive line can come out in waves. They... I don't know if they have the best cornerback trio, but they have a top five cornerback trio on paper. Um, I think that's fair to say, you know, you can't have everything. And maybe that's where they're given a little bit, that second safety position. They have confidence in one guy and, you know, maybe you have competition. And if Kayvon Wallace, if all of a sudden the light comes on, who knows? Maybe get some youth and, and and go about it that way. But you can't have a pro bowler at every position. No, you can't. And if you do, then Howie Roseman is even a bigger magician of the salary cap than we imagine. But maybe the pro bowler is going to be Marcus Epps. Uh, you know, do you think the skepticism comes with Epps? Because I'm trying to remember correctly. Wasn't he the guy who was covering Metcalf on like that third? and? Yes. It was that third and long. And I think that was his rookie year and he was barely playing. So – I'm like, Marcus Epps, I'm like, that's who you got on DK Metcalf? That's a little unfair to Marcus Epps. And 
Yeah, well, I mean, Jody and I talk about this all the time, and I talk about it with T.J. Edwards and Pedigree. He was a six-round pick. He was picked up on waivers. Uh, you know, it was almost a trade. The Vikings wanted Andrews and Deho back. Uh, they had drafted uh, Marcus Epps. You know, Zimmer likes veteran players, loved Sendejo. Um, needed a spot. They waived him. The Eagles picked him up. You know, I was talking to somebody in, in the Vikings personnel department who, who raved about Marcus Epps, but he was a six-round pick, and he was a walk-on. But all he kept talking about was how instinctive he was in coverage. And, and you know, he's got a chance to be something. Now, down the line, but here we are, down the line. You know, just because you're a six-round pick, just because you're on waivers early in your career doesn't mean the book is closed on you. So I think it's more of, you know, if the Eagles bring in Chuck Clark, people want Clark. He was a six-round pick, but now he's established, right? And they're saying, bring in Clark, bring in Clark. Maybe you already have Clark. I, I hate to tell people this. I don't think the Ravens are giving up Chuck Clark. They just signed Kyle Fuller yesterday. I, I think they're totally set on just loading up a cornerback and safety because of how bad that pass defense was last year. Yeah, clock probably not available, and that was one of the guys whose name I threw out very early on. As soon as the draft came down, here might be a guy they could uh, try and get their hands on, but uh, I'm with you, Jeff. I think it's less likely now. Here would be my question about the Eagles in the safety position. I know we're spending a lot of time on safety here, but it is the most debatable position for me right now on the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, If Kayvon Wallace is going to open eyes, to use your phrase, John, the light comes on, for Wallace, Epps to me is more of a free than strong safety. Kayvon Wallace to me is more of a free than a strong safety. If Anthony Harris is going to be the odd man out, which of those two guys do you think is more likely to to be the guy who's going to be up in the box more often and uh, play that strong safety role? I know everything in the NFL, specifically listening to Jonathan Gannon yesterday, it's all about uh, fluidity. It's all about being multiple. It's all about having guys who can do uh, different things on any given play. Uh, but maybe I'm being a little old school here. Uh, out of Wallace and or uh, Marcus Epps, which do you want? Which would you rather have Manning the strong safety position the most? I think Marcus Epps could do it, but I think Kayvon Wallace has the potential to do it. And I, I remember when Kayvon Wallace was coming out of Clemson. Everybody said he was a hard hitter. He was a good tackler. I haven't seen that in his NFL career thus far. I know it's only been two years, but I think Kayvon Wallace could thrive in that role if you give him the opportunity. And that might be the guy. I mean, I think Marcus Epps could easily do it, but I'd like to see him in coverage more because that's what he is. He's a coverage guy. But I could see Kayvon Wallace really thriving in there as that, that extra blitzer in the box or, you know, you put him in the box and you let him go to work. I, I feel like the best way for safeties to succeed in this league, at least early on, especially when you got guys like Brian Dawkins and Ed Reed who ended up becoming Hall of Famers. You put them in the box and you let them use their biggest strength and then the coverage skills eventually come. And why not have Kayvon Wallace blitz? Why not have him try to stop the run? If you know, I if I remember correctly, his scouting reports were he was a hard hitter and a good tackler. Well, I haven't seen it yet. I want to see yeah. it now. <laughs> yeah, no, I think, you know, and again, we're not talking Malcolm Jenkins here to say the least, but I think <laughs> Uh, Kayvon is the closest thing to what Jody's talking about that the Eagles have as a traditional box safety. They don't have one is right. 
short, but he's the closest thing they have. And Marcus Epps is probably, you know, not not probably. I think he's their best safety, certainly their best center fielder, so to speak. So you want to keep him in what he does best and and then sort of roll the dice, whether it's it's going to be. The problem is Anthony Harris is a center fielder as well. Always in, in Minnesota when he was going to Pro Bowls, he was the free safety and Harrison Smith was, you know, the box safety. Um, so everybody sort of is a little bit redundant. But yeah, Kayvon's the one guy that in theory is supposed to be able to play in the box. But I haven't seen that yet. You know, and here I've thrown some out of the box things. You know, you have Kaiser White. You have Jacoby Stevens, who people have forgotten about, played safety at LSU. You know, Jonathan Gannon is very, um, and I know it's hard for people to understand this because he didn't have a lot of bullets. Um, he's open-minded. So if, if if you know, he goes into training camp and he says, you know, I have Nicobe Dean and TJ Edwards. Maybe I can play a Kaiser White in the box and do it that way as sort of a hybrid safety. Um, you know, who knows what Jacoby Stevens becomes, but just because they said we're turning him into a linebacker because he was a big safety. Maybe they say, Hey, we got linebackers. Let's turn him back into a big safety, a box safety. So there are some options that they could go, but as far as the players we think about, uh, Wallace is the closest thing they have to a box safety, but he's not, you know, Malcolm Jenkins, to say the least. It's hard to really compare anybody to Malcolm Jenkins at this point. I, I was actually thinking yesterday, John, now you bring up Malcolm Jenkins. Can, does Malcolm Jenkins have a shot at the Hall of Fame? Because if you look no. at his numbers compared no. to no. a lot of great safeties, it's no. I, I think he's Hall very good. but Hall of – Eagles Hall of Fame, easily. Yeah. Now, I I – you know, when you when you look at Hall of Fame, and we're lucky enough to have <laughs> just a ton of Hall of Fame voters on this show at times. Those guys look at all pro selections. Those guys look at all decade teams. Not Pro Bowls, all pros. Malcolm, great player, but as you mentioned, Hall, Hall of very good. He's yeah. just not at that. And that's always been a position where it's kind of broken recently. It was really difficult to get into the Hall of Fame at safety to the point where the all, I always tell this story because I know very well the all time interception leader, uh, still Paul Krause, <laughs> who nobody's going to recognize. Nobody's ever breaking his record. I think it's 81, yeah, it's 81, 81 interceptions. Um, nobody's ever breaking that. It took him close to two decades to get in the Hall of Fame. And he was seven. Well, look at Rondé Barber. All pro. I thought Rondé Barber was one of the studs of that Tampa Bay defense. Uh, they made sure they got Derek Brooks in, John Lynch, and you know Warren Sapp, all those guys. But Rondé Barber's the big play guy on that defense. Forty sacks, forty picks, nothing. He's still not in yet. So I, I don't know when they're going to do that. Uh, I've, I've still been advocating for Seth Joyner to get in, and it's, it's the only player in NFL history with fifty sacks and twenty interceptions, and Nothing. So it, it's tough to get in. J.K., I want to jump back over to the offense with you, if that works. 
Um, we've kicked this guy's name around a lot over the last couple of weeks here on Birds 365, and that's Isaac Sayamalo, who is coming back from an injury that's unfortunately becoming part of the overall description of Isaac Sayamalo coming back from injury a little too often. Um, but I think he's just going to get plugged in to the right guard position this year, even though it's not his most natural position. They're not moving Dickerson. Isaac, coming back, I think, is your right guard. Uh, the Eagles have flexibility on that offensive line, have depth on that offensive line. People have thought about Isaac Sayamalo going somewhere in a potential trade or maybe Isaac Sayamalo even becoming a cap casualty. I don't buy any of it. I think Isaac Sayamalo is going to be the right guard for the Philadelphia Eagles. If he stays healthy, he's not coming off the field. Is Isaac Sayamalo going to be an Eagles starting lineup week one when the season gets underway? I wouldn't sleep on Jack Driscoll taking that job from him. All right, you're another one. Yeah, yeah just, uh, just you, say it. Guys are just wrong. Isaac Sayamalo will be the Eagles' right guard, and if he stays healthy, he'll be there all year long. I mean, I think Isaac Sayamalo gets the first crack at it. The best part about Jack Driscoll is you can put him at guard, you can put him at tackle, but I think the Eagles might have uncovered something with Jack Driscoll at guard. It, you know, just one of those guys you thought he was going to be a tackle in the NFL. They gave him an opportunity. They were pretty good when Jack Driscoll was in that lineup last year, and they did miss Jack Driscoll when he was hurt. So <laughs> it's going to be tough. And, oh, by the way, Jack Driscoll is a lot cheaper to yeah, that's part of it. I think we lost, Jeff. Try to put him down and, and bring him back up again, Tone. I, you know, he's right. The Eagles really like Jack Driscoll, and he would be cheaper. But here's here's my question, and I'll throw to you, Jody. Um, you know, Isaac might start week one. Jack might start by week eight. Who's starting week 17, week 18? Because they both always get hurt. That might be the real that's, that, question. That's a fair question. Yeah, they hurt again more yeah, they're both hurt. Herbert. It'll be uh, the Tesla stock uh, swinging in and taking over that position. No, if they're both healthy, Isaac Samalo will be a right guard. Uh, I do not think he's going to be supplanted by anyone this year unless he gets hurt again, which we cannot dismiss because, unfortunately, he's become an, uh, a questionable player with his ability Here's to stay one. on the field. What about Cam Jurgens? Could he play some right guard? I don't think they want him to play right. I I really don't. I think Cam Jurgens is about. They kind of know. I think this is it for Jason Kelsey. Now maybe he plays. Maybe stays healthy and and maybe plays at an All Pro level again. And he changes his mind. But I think the working plan is this is it for Jason Kelsey. And um, you know they wanted to get Cam Jurgens. They know as Jody said. They don't want to move Landon Dickerson now uh, because they saw Landon and Jordan together and they're like, all right, we got something with that. So they, and I think they're right. They don't want to mess with that. So there's no more Landon Dickerson at center. Um, and they want, um, I think this might be a mistake to be honest, but they want to sort of try to duplicate the athleticism of Jason Kelsey. I don't. I don't necessarily think that's the best way to go. We'll see if Cam develops. Um, it's very hard to imagine uh, anybody being another Jason Kelsey, but I think that's the plan on paper. And the last thing you want to do is mess with a guy and have him wasting time at right guard. They have so many options at right guard. Um, 
I don't think they're going to go that route unless, you know, once you get to the season, if the injuries start piling up, sometimes you have to do stuff uh, when you don't have a 90 man off season roster. But um, Isaac's interesting because of this reason. He is very expensive per guard. He's only played nine games in two seasons. So he's got this injury history and people are trying to trade him for Jesse Bates and trade him, you know, but you know, other teams, he's a really good player when he's healthy. The problem is he hasn't been healthy and he's coming off a list rank injury, which is pretty significant, especially for a 300 pound guy. Um, I don't think anybody's going to be banging down their door to pay Isaac Samalo, not seeing if he's healthy. Um, so I don't think he's as tradable as maybe people might think. And then it makes it a difficult decision because if the Eagles want to make room for Jack Driscoll, and they do like Jack Driscoll, Jeff is right, you you might have to make that difficult decision. Just you don't want to pay a backup what you're paying Isaac Samala. Right. And if I that, that, Isaac's not going to sit on the bench making the kind of money he is. I just don't believe that's going to happen. And here's the other thing that I would keep in mind on realignment with the Eagles offensive line due to injuries. Let's say you move Driscoll into uh, guard. And Jeff said earlier, he's a talented player in that uh, they thought he was going to be a tackle, looked at him at guard, looked good at guard. Damn, this guy can play guard. We could use him at either tackle or guard. What happens if you move him into guard, replace Sayamalu, or he gets the job over Sayamalu week two? Another oft injured player on the Eagles offense line by the name of Lane Johnson goes down for two weeks, four weeks, six weeks. Now what do you do? You move Driscoll back out to right tackle? Are you plugging in someone else at right tackle? I think the Eagles' second-best right tackle right now is Driscoll. So if you're moving him in the guard, what happens if you have a need back out at tackle? What do you do with Driscoll then, boys? Well, I would say, and Jeff, you can jump in. I would say the Eagles' second-best right tackle is Jordan Mailata, and they would move Jordan to right tackle and put Andre Dillard to left tackle really? as long as they have, yeah. as you long as they it have left tackle and move to the right side to fill in for a couple weeks on an injury. It's what they did last year. It's what they yeah. did last year. Well, no, Andre Dillard can't play right tackle. He compares it to writing with your left hand. So right. it's, it's yeah, I would move a lot over too and just play Dillard. It's, I mean, they got death to tackle. It's, and I, I just don't see Andre Dillard going anywhere. I, I don't. Now, that's one of the reasons I think Andre is more valuable than people think, because uh, typically the, the thought process is if you're a backup in this league, you have to play multiple positions. And that's normally right. You, you have to have versatility. Uh, and, and people are saying, well, the Eagles got to trade Andre Diller because he can't do anything else. He can't be a backup. Well, the versatility of Jordan Mailata enables them uh, to keep Andre Dillard because he has value. Um, and they know he can play left tackle, uh, at least to an acceptable level. And they know Jordan has no problem moving over to right tackle. He doesn't complain. He just does it. Uh, so it's a little bit of a luxury that they have that typically teams don't have. So it is kind of unique for the Eagles in that people should, Eagles fans at least, should wake up every day and thank uh Thank you know what for whatever your deity is for Jordan Mailata. Because not only is he a great player, as he turned into a great player, he also doesn't seem to know he's a great player. 
and he keeps <laughs> acting like he's not a great player. Yeah, I'll do that. I'll do that. I'll do that. Whereas, you know, remember Jason Peters? They finally <laughs> convinced him. They finally convinced him to move to right guard. Right? Who who was the left tackle? I'm I'm forget. It was Andre. It was Andre um, Dillard. Yeah, they tripped. So they finally convinced Jason Peters to move to right guard. Then the injury happens, um, and they said, well, we'll just move uh, Jason Peters back to left tackle, which he wanted to do anyway. Right. But anybody uh, who ever met Jason's like, nope, not doing that. I John, came if in. There, if there was ever a day, I would love to be in the Novacare complex, in the front office, was the day they called Jason Peters in and asked him to play tackle again. I think he would have like that oh. Thanos face at Hatteras. It's awesome. Uh, nobody had – I used to joke that the Eagles flow chart, everybody thinks it's it's uh, Jeffrey Lurie and then Howie Roseman. And, and at the height of Jason Peters, I think Jason was ahead of Howie Roseman. He did whatever the hell he wanted to do, and everybody got out of his way. Um, hey, Jordan, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, I just thought that. of something, John. Could Jason Peters be up for one of the executive positions in the Eagles front office? Seeing as he had that kind of gravitas before, just go ahead and give him, a t- give him an office and give him a title. Yeah, I'm surprised, Jeffrey. Jeffrey loved him. Um, Co- you know, Coach Ameris. He still, yeah, he still wants to play, I assume, you know. He's a free agent, 40-year-old yeah. free. He always said he wants to play at least 40. There yeah. he is. Uh, but it, it it is a luxury to have a player as good as Jordan Mailata has turned into who isn't uh, a prima donna and say, oh, I'll go play right tackle. Um, it's interesting, and it doesn't happen very often. I think they should reward Jordan Mailata for his faith and give him the ball at the goal line once. That would set Philadelphia on fire. They 2017, about, that's all I, I swear Doug was messing with people. In they were they were they were talking about that since they saw Jordan's uh rugby uh highlights. Um and yeah, but I wouldn't count on that. But it hasn't happened yet. So yeah. The biggest reason not to do it is you gotta put Dillard in at left tackle to hand him the ball. No, I want my lot of blocking at left tackle every single play. I don't want to move it over to right tackle, as you guys have attempted to do here if Lane Johnson goes down. No, I want to leave Dickerson and my lot on that side of the field every single snap, if both healthy for the entire year. That's a true strength of the Philadelphia Eagles, the left side of their line. If I didn't have to mess with it, I wouldn't mess with it. I'd just plug those guys in and run every single play from uh, now until the end of the season. All right, end of the season's where I want to go last with you, Jeff Kerr. Expectations have been ratcheted up for the Philadelphia Eagles because of the offseason they've had, the moves that they've made. Some people have already said they've surpassed the Dallas Cowboys in the NFC East. I certainly believe if you're just comping their two offseasons, the Eagles offseason is much better than the Cowboys offseason. Is that enough to say they're going to beat the Cowboys for the division this year, Jeff? To beat the Cowboys in the division, you have to actually beat them on the football field, which they have not shown they have. They are close to doing yet. Uh, but again, week six is going to be the, the key for them. I think they are as good as the Dallas Cowboys. I think they can beat the Dallas Cowboys, but they have to do it. And I actually came out with my Eagles win prediction the day James Bradbury signed, that it was sent in the CBS, and I have him at 12 and 5. I'll still keep him at 12 and 5. I think that this team is a 12 win football team. They're 
they're a very good football team. They're a very deep football team. I think Dallas losing Lael Collins is going to be huge for them. I think Ezekiel Elliott's decline is massive because he keeps getting worse every year. And for some reason, Dallas doesn't play the better running back in Tony Pollard. So, you know, as long as the Joneses and Mike McCarthy stay stubborn. Oh, by the way, I think Nick Sirianni is already on his way to becoming a better coach than Mike McCarthy. I'll say the Eagles and Dallas Cowboys split this year. But I do think that the Eagles are right there with them. It, they just have to be them on the football field. They have to take care of business at week six and show the Cowboys, hey, you are not winning this division two years in a row. We're going to keep that dubious streak of we haven't had a repeat division winner in the NFC East since. Yeah, that's amazing. Seven, nine, what are we, 17 years? I'll leave you with this, Jeff. You said 12 wins. I can't believe I didn't ask you this yet. Got to be, if you haven't had 12 wins now, it would have had to been what fifteen if if the Eagles were able to get Nick Foles back. Oh, seventeen! Come on, <laughs> you guys know me by, by now. I, I got a Nick Foles poster back here, so you know Nick Foles is my idol. I don't want to ever see him in an Eagles uniform again. I want to leave it as it is. But you know, Nick Foles, seventeen and oh, let's go. Yeah, remember week eleven, Eagles in Indianapolis. It could be. For it. Uh, the Eagles against uh, Nick Foles. Um, that would make some Eagle fans in this town stone cold crazy. Jeff Kerr, always I a pleasure. Know. Thanks for hopping on with us, brother. Uh, we'll get you back up in a couple of weeks. Uh, thanks, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Always a pleasure, guys. Thanks, Jeff buddy. Kerr, CBSSports.com, one of their top NFL writers who's always got an Eagle slant to what he does. That's why we bring him on the Birds 365 to get his Eagle slant. All right, McMullen and McDonald coming back. Next hour, we got another good one. Uh, EJ Smith of the Inquirer going to hop aboard with us. We'll keep the Eagle talk going here on Birds 365. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. At Action News, we cherish every moment, and it's our profound responsibility to bring you closer to your world. Never miss a moment. Trust the people at Action News. In Philadelphia, we celebrated the miracle with pride only five years ago. And then the following morning, IBEW Local 98 members went back to work, building this city, rescuing our communities from decay, and inspiring the young men and women of the region to take pride in who we are. Like the cats, Local 98 members believe in hope. To learn more about who we are, what we do, and career opportunities with Local 98, visit us, ibew98.org. All right, did you know I was the Mommy Slam Dunk champion? Really? (laughs) Yes, really, don't sound so surprised. 
Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So I thought you're ready. Go to left. Got fake them Mama, go. Oh, mama. She did it. Again. You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh huh. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Go for the midnight tears. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. You got your Mag and Mag guys here on Birds 365. Thank you for tuning in to the Jacob Media YouTube channel. Feel free to go ahead and hit that like button uh, while you're at it. Uh, subscribe to the channel, and we appreciate your patronage here with us on Birds 365. Uh, J-Mac, as I mentioned, we've got EJ Smith uh, joining us coming up in about 20 minutes from now. Uh, I think we've got EJ on once before. I don't want to misstate this like I did last week with Howard. I, know, I, I think this is EJ's debut. Is actually. it? I believe okay, it is. Okay, so EJ's first time last week when Howard joined us uh, before going out and braving the roads uh, for the Eagles' uh, drive for autism. Um, I completely forgot we had Howard on the year before, which was my bad. I apologize to the king for that. We haven't had EJ on before, <clears> huh? Um, I'm, you know, I talked to EJ so much. I'm pretty sure we haven't had him on before. I've been working with it. The Inquirer people have a lot of conflicting things they got to work out, but, um, I do not believe we've had him. Uh, so maybe I had him on WIP or I was on with someone else who had him on as a a co-host thing where we talked. I thought that I'd spoken to him before, but maybe it wasn't here on Birds uh, 365. But either way, we're looking forward to talking to EJ. That'll come up about uh, 20 minutes from now. All right, JM, we've been talking plenty of defense today, safety and the like. Uh, A lot of offensive line talk with uh, Jeff Kerr. I want to jump back uh, over to the offense, but outside on the offense and the Eagles' major offseason addition, of course, was uh, uh, the, the big wide receiver trade on draft day uh, when they picked up A.J. Brown. Um, you and I have taken some grief from the guys here on the stream. I've taken some grief on Twitter <clears throat> and on my WIP show for saying, for me, A.J. Brown is just outside the top 10 receivers in the national. Why are we football. taking grief for that, Jody? What? That's not an insult. It really isn't, uh, but some people, God forbid, you don't have him as the the best wide receiver in the league. He, he's he's equivalent to Devontae Adams. If you want to hear me say, I'll uh, say it for you. I don't believe it for a millisecond, but if uh, if that's what you need to hear, come on. okay, fine, we can why, say it. Why just, do people request, you know, do you want honesty or do you want us to lie to you? I don't understand it. Nor, nor do I, but uh, I've, I've given you where I think – and, oh, by the way, much like Jonathan Gannon's defense, these lists are fun to be made up each and every single offseason. And then you play the next season, and guess what? The list changes. It is fluid. 
Guys can have great seasons, breakout seasons, and they move up significantly, or you can have an off season and you all of a sudden disappear. Like Julio Jones a year ago was an unquestioned top 10 wide receiver. Now he's not even a top 20 wide receiver because of the season he had last year, factor in age and everything. So these are very fluid lists. So John has his opinion. I have mine. Others have theirs. You can have yours. I just don't know why you get so ticked off when uh, our list doesn't match up with your list, but that's okay. Uh, A very uh, well-respected media outlet came out with a list this past week of wide receivers. And I thought it was interesting the way that they laid it out. They had their groupings and, or I think they called them tiers, different tiers of wide receivers and uh, pro football focus tiered the wide receivers going into this upcoming year in the national football league. They had their tier one, which they termed elite, the elite wide receivers. And for those of you out there who attacked either me or John, because we didn't have AJ Brown quite in the top 10, your pro football focus doesn't have him in the top eight either. Maybe sound to me like some Eagle fans had A.J. Brown as a top five wide receiver already. He's not there yet. Could be by the end of the year. Isn't there yet. The eight elite wide receivers, Devontae Adams, Cooper Cup, uh, Hopkins, Diggs, uh, Tyreek Hill, Jamar Chase. They moved him in there pretty quickly, but I think he deserves it with the kind of season that he had. Justin Jefferson and Mike Evans. Those are, as per pro football focus, the eight elite wide receivers in the National Football League. Then their next group was young, on the cusp of becoming elite, but not quite elite yet. Number nine, Debo Samuel. Number 10, A.J. Brown. So they got A.J. Brown ranked as their 10th wide receiver in the league. God forbid John and I had him 11th or 12th, but that's where Pro Football Focus had him, and I guess that's acceptable because that – Dividing line of top ten is so all important. Not, yeah. um, but he did well, make. That, guess 10. what, Jody? If if the trade was for DK Metcalf instead of AJ Brown on draft night, I guarantee Eagles fans would be, oh, DK Metcalf's better top than AJ Brown. Oh, what do you mean? Oh, he's, he's top, top 10. ten. How do you have him outside the top ten? So when we have him, you know, maybe you know, I forget when we did it, but maybe it was DK eleven and AJ Brown twelve. All right. Yeah, maybe he's better, maybe he's not, but come on, come on, people. Uh, but I'd like that top eight. I think that would be my top eight, to be honest. I'm trying to think if I, I'd put somebody else in there. Um, Diggs was in there, right? He's got to be in there. Diggs is top eight, yeah. The uh, elite was Adams, Cup, Hopkins, Diggs, Tyree Kill, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, and... Uh, uh Mike Evans. Yeah. I I have no arguments with that group and I here's another thing. This is going to be a Sophie's choice cuz I've said this pretty consistently. Uh ultimately and you said these things are fluid and they are fluid. I think a couple years from now, I think Devontae Smith is going to be better than AJ Brown. So what do you think of that? Stick that in your pipe and smoke it. You can't criticize that, can you? Maybe you can. Yeah. Exactly, uh, but uh, it 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 gets to a Sophie's Choice type uh, decision that Eagle fans have to make. See, here here's a guy uh, who jumped on the stream, Davy Boy. Not only is it an insult to say AJ Brown isn't a top ten wide receiver, it's meritless bullshit. 
<laughs> no, it's our opinion. It's what yes. it is. Davey. Yeah, it's 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 an outrage, Jody. It is it is the worst thing that has ever happened in the history of the world. Just let I, me say, I, you know, I think he's a very good player. I don't think he's a top ten receiver. I'm sorry. Let's let's again put it in its proper perspective, and people just like to dismiss this. I am ready, willing, and able to put AJ Brown in the top five wide receivers next year. Come in here and do it. Come in here and make 90 catches. Come in here and get 1,400 yards of the elite eight that we just ran down in this. Again, pro football focus is not even necessarily McMullins and McDonald's, even though we're both kind of record saying, yeah, we've got no problems with the top eight, the elite eight, and they're probably the eight that we had we have had. Yeah, I think Diggs could – you could go by Diggs. It's probably not going to happen with Josh Allen, but he had a little bit of a backslide last year from the previous year. DeAndre Hopkins is going to miss the first six games of the season. Kyler Murray may or may not want to play in, say, he may be catching. Who the hell is their backup quarterback? And I can't remember. Guy who's been around for uh, Colt uh, McCoy. Colt McCoy. Yeah, Colt McCoy is going to lift DeAndre Hopkins to uh, 1,500 yards this year. Don't think so. Uh, so we'll see. If A.J. Brown can do it with Jalen Hurts, and think what you may of Ryan Tannehill, me, not much, but he's okay throwing the football. We'll see if Brown's numbers are increased from this past year with Tennessee or whether they're flat or whether they actually come backwards this upcoming year. Um, Mike Evans could come back to the pack this year. Brady's last year. We don't know what kind of numbers he's going to put up. Oh, there are guys that, that AJ Brown could absolutely go by on this elite eight list, but he's yes, got it. There deal. are, but there are it, also, there are guys who are also working to, replace those eight guys dk Metcalfs of the world um you know depending where you are or I'll give where you, you i'll give you another name and this will bother eagle fans but cd lamb right behind aj brown is cd lamb who is younger and i think has a little bit more upside not much but a little yeah. bit more upside than uh brown i know you're a big cd lamb fan they they right now pro football focus have him rated behind brown and the guy who I always seem to be coming to the defense of is uh, Adam Thielen. All the guy does is go out and Well, Adam's great, and Adam would have been – but Adam's 32, and he's been hurt the past two years. So that's the only reason I, I knock Adam Thielen down. But there's some veteran guys, yeah. I mean, if you want to start talking about guys like that who can – you know, if he plays 17 games, that's my question. Is he going to be able – He's such a good freaking route runner. He catches everything. But it's hard for me to imagine that those injuries uh, tend to stop. Um, you know, but it, as far as young guys, T. Higgins in Cincinnati, like nobody pays attention because it's Cincinnati and they have Jamar Chase. But my God, he's good. Uh, um, for the veteran route, Chris Godwin. You know, what about Chris Godwin? Uh, he's in the conversation, um, and and Jalen Waddle, Devontae Smith, the younger guys, as I mentioned, I think Devontae Smith is going to be a hell of a receiver in this league. Uh, people seem to overcome uh, that. So, I mean, Devontae's a better route runner than AJ Brown. Now, you know, since day one, I've been concerned about the 166 pounds, but. 
after getting to see Devontae for a full year, he he might have the weirdest body I've ever seen in my life. He's got these weird, gigantic hands. He's so long. He's so strong, but he's wiry. You know, you think about, well, 166-pound guy, you think he's weak, right? He can't get up press coverage. He actually can. Yeah. I, uh, um, he's an amazing, amazing uh, potential receiver. Um, just so gifted. Um, and, and I would put Jalen Watt on that conversation as well. There's so many good receivers in the NFL right now because the league, that's that's what college is, is burping out because uh, that's all they do. Um, so, yeah, to get to your point, Jody, this list is very fluid and people will be moving up, but there will also be people moving down. And AJ's got a chance to do both. But saying he's the 11th or 12th best receiver in football is not an insult. I don't know how many times I can say that. That means you're really, really good. Exactly. And uh, you, I mentioned Adam Thielen. You're right. He missed a couple games last year. Only played in 13. Still had 10 touchdowns. Oh, that guy's unbelievable. He's unbelievable. I mean, as to Ron Davenport, we had a, my old buddy. I mean, that's one of the things I'm most proud of. I was in on Adam Thielen ground floor because I said – if, if you can run routes in this league, and he runs, he's 6'2", he runs a 4'4'2", um, people don't realize because, again, he was undrafted. If you can run routes in this league and you reach that bar of athleticism and he reaches it with ease, you're going to be really, really good. And that's why another reason I think Devontae Smith is going to be really, really good because he can run routes with the best of them, and he's only going to get better. And let me just wrap up this uh, wide receiver list thing, and then we're going to have um, EJ Smith from the Enquirer join us. Uh, mentioned the Tier 1s, Tier 2s, which is where A.J. Brown factors in. Um, behind him are D.J. Metcalf, C.D. Lamb, T. Higgins, uh, McLaurin. Uh, tier 3... Godwin is a tier three guy. I he's pretty darn good. Did uh, did he lead the National Football League? He left led in some categories. Receptions last year, or yeah, he was yards or yards per carry. Um, the, I when he got hurt. It was the year before. When did he get hurt last year? I think he had a. I think he had a bigger numbers year than Evans did. I think Evans is a more of a uh, playmaker uh, and a touchdown. Yeah, he up. got hurt. He got hurt late. Uh, so he played 14 games, uh, 98 catches. 98 for, catches. In 14 games. We're, we're waiting for some of these other guys who are ranked ahead of him to get to their first ever 98 And by catches the way, in 2019, 86 for 1,333. Yeah, he's pretty good. Yeah, but he's tier three on their list. So, again, these lists are debatable. Michael Thomas, who didn't play at all last year but had – Talk about a previous year of just going off the charts. When Drew Brees was there, he was arguably the best wide receiver in the National Football League. They, now they have him down on uh, tier oh, three. Oh, in I got to mention this guy. You talk about a veteran uh, that people don't talk about enough. Keenan Allen with yep. the Chargers. Um, when Whenever I, I, I talk to receivers, young receivers, about other receivers who they sort of emulate, we always ask those questions. The two names I get are Diggs and Allen. 
by far more than anybody else. Again, for the same reasons, route running, route running, route running. Two of the best route runners ever. Uh, uh, and and he's a guy that people forget about because he's been doing it for so long at such a high level. Agreed. Um, but he is part of the tier three, which is not a bad tier when you got Thielen and Keenan Allen and Robinson and TJ Lockett and Amari Cooper as your tier, uh, excuse me, the tier threes are Godwin, Thomas, Robinson, Thielen, Allen, and uh, Julio. I don't know why they have Julio there. Julio's still unsigned, John. Nobody yeah, signed uh, Julio yeah. Jones. They, I don't know if it's a uh, money thing that he's still holding out, that he thinks of himself as a tier one or a tier two guy and just doesn't want to take an offer, but Get a little late in the game for a guy who just two years ago was in the conversation for the best receiver or the second best receiver in the league to not be on somebody's roster. Um, he didn't finish the year off injured, did he? He was, he was uh, like, yeah, he's been. I, I, he didn't play a lot last year, he hasn't played, I think, a lot in the last two years. I'm looking it up real quick. Yeah, he played nine games in 20, right? But did, did he play in their playoff game? I don't remember, but he only played 10 games uh, overall. Um, yeah, I mean, life happens fast in this league. It, yeah. That's that's the thing, you know, just because you're a superstar. And that's, you know, that's a first ball, ballot Hall of Famer, Julio Jones. Um, doesn't mean you're a superstar emeritus in perpetuity. Uh, it, it moves fast and, you know, except Tom Brady. Uh, it it moves fast for everybody, especially at skill positions. Right. And uh, the Tier 4 is Amari Cooper, Tyler Lockett, uh, Mike Williams, DJ Moore. Tier 5, which gets you down into the top 30. Number 1, Waddle. Number 2, Devontae uh, uh, Smith. That's uh, what you should be insulted about. They've got him in the 30s. Uh, we've got him higher than that, but I get it. They're not only putting them in a specific order. They're trying to group them together as, quote, unquote, a tier. So if you're going to talk about the second-year play, they could have called it the sophomore potential stars. They decided to just call it young and tier number five. Yeah, Devontae is a guy who we both expect to be rising pretty quickly on this list next year. You won't be seeing Devontae Smith in the 30s next year. John and I would be willing to bet good money on that. All right, we'll take a quickie timeout. Coming back, we're going to talk to E.J. Smith in the Inquirer. Eagle Talk continues right here on Birds 365. of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Three. One, two, three. Because Philadelphia dreams 
deserve a Philadelphia bank. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Android TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. The big story on action. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. In Philadelphia, we celebrated the miracle with pride only five years ago. And then the following morning, IBEW Local 98 members went back to work, building this city, rescuing our communities from decay, and inspiring the young men and women of the region to take pride in who we are. Like the cats, Local 98 members believe in hope. To learn more about who we are, what we do, and career opportunities with Local 98, visit us, IBEW98.org. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. The glass is for cocktails, right? It's for this, 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 and that. Is the length of the glass equal to your... You betcha. But is it made out of... Glass? Okay, but is the rip... Smooth? Will you stop doing... That? I'm the professional here. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. All from the company that's highly awarded. Zero cars, zero sugar, and deliciously tasting vodka. So good, it just disappears. Mac and Mac guys, Birds 365. We're going to third into the mix because of the Philadelphia Eagles for the Philadelphia Inquirer. EJ Smith joins us here on Birds 365. And if EJ, this is your maiden voyage with us, welcome aboard. Well, thanks for having me, guys. This is my first time on the show, but hopefully not my last time. Hopefully yeah. I don't. Uh, yeah. Hopefully I don't screw up too bad. I trying to get EJ on. Glad we finally uh, worked it out. Good to see you, even though. Good I saw you, you yesterday. Uh, <laughs> but so let's, uh, before we get to Jonathan Gannon, I want to, you know, we, we got a lot of time with him yesterday, EJ, but I, I do want to talk about Andy Weidel leaving because uh, that happened kind of late last night when the news broke. And I think, you know, a lot of us said there's a good chance Andy was going to leave, but I think it kind of threw everybody off our loop nobody knew the Steelers were looking for a GM and an assistant. So, but from the Eagles perspective, when you start looking at it in hindsight and you see Tom Donahoe, who's kind of his mentor, whether he's pushed out the door or he really retired, they moved on from Casey Weidel a year early. Didn't seem like the Eagles were bending over backwards to try to keep Andy Weidel. You think that's a fair assessment? Yeah, definitely. I agree with you. I mean, you said it right there. I think the writing was kind of on the wall that, you know, something was probably going to happen with Andy Weidel. Just when you look at all the people he was closest with in the front office left last week, you know, it was Tom Donahoe and, you know, before that Casey Weidel, his brother. So I do think that, um, you know, signs were pointing on him not staying. I mean, if they were really trying hard to keep him, you know, they probably wouldn't have done those two, uh, those two things. So, 
Um, I just think that they're probably, it seems like they're definitely moving the front office in a different direction at this point, at least, you know, especially on the personnel side. Um, and yeah, I think that, you know, it's a bit, it's a bit cleaner with Andy Weidel going somewhere else. I was surprised to see him take an assistant GM job. You know, I thought, you know, it seemed like he was in the, he was definitely a finalist for the uh, Steelers GM job. And, you know, I, I, I guess, you know, he probably evaluated his options and saw that I can go work in my hometown. It's a city that I'm really passionate about and work for a guy who I probably, yeah. I mean, I'm, I assume he knows Omar Khan pretty well. Um, and, you know, it's still technically a promotion, you know, to go from, you know, VP of uh, player personnel to assistant GM. So, you know, it's still a move up in his mind, I'm sure. So, yeah, I'm sure it made sense, but it's definitely uh, it's a big loss for the Eagles front office. EJ, if the Eagles are, as you say, moving in a new direction with their front office, simple question. Why? Well, I think that they have to evaluate the structure of things first and foremost. I mean, they've lost so many people in the last few years. And I think that's that's the biggest why is it's just like it's hard to keep replacing people over and over again. And I think the the fact that, you know, the fact that they don't have the assistant GM title is probably something they're going to have to address. They've lost four people to that title this year. Um, you know, and it's just, it's hard to keep people when they can just get, you know, a better job elsewhere, you know, a more prestigious title. Um, so I think the structure is going to have to change. And I do think that, you know, they're, they're just going to have to figure out how they can stop losing people so often, you know, it's, it's nice to, you know, have people in demand like that. And, you know, it's, it should be, it should bode well as a hire people that people see, you know, if I come in here, I can move up whether it's here or elsewhere, but I do think that they have to find ways to make sure that people are incentivized to stay with the structure of things and, you know, make sure that they have people who will stay. So what, what do you think EJ is the uh, reticence uh, to, to, Call somebody assistant GM. Who cares if you? I mean, a title's a title. I encourage everybody, and obviously, I'm older than EJ, so I don't know if you ever watched Cheers on Netflix. But there's great episode of Cheers, and everybody should watch that show. But where you know they didn't have money to give anybody raises, so they gave them titles, it, and, and everybody was happy. Everybody was happy with a title. It cost nothing. Who cares? Call Andy Waddle assistant GM instead of vice president player personnel. Why do you think Howie Roseman is so headstrong with that mentality? I guess he, he likes that he's the, the sole person in the front office that oversees both football operations and personnel. But I agree with you. I mean, you can have an assistant GM and it's kind of the first day, the first day they step into their fancy new office with their fancy new placards, you go, by the way, you're really just <laughs> running the, the personnel department. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I get what you're saying. I suppose that, you know, if, if you go into a job interview as an assistant GM trying to be an, a GM and they ask you what you do every day and you say, I oversee personnel and I don't know anything about football ops, I guess, you know, that's part of it for these people. But I mean, I really do think that after the way this offseason has gone, they really might not have a choice. I mean, at some point they're going to just have to, address that by making that position something that people can you know access in their building because people just keep leaving for it so i think it's pretty obvious that harry roseman doesn't want anyone else in the organization referred to as general manager even if it has ass in front of it he's just not going to go there <laughs> so yeah you just give up on that happening with the eagles anytime soon all right let's go back out on the field dj um yesterday you got your first chance, at least as a media group, to talk to James Bradbury. What do you make of him as a guy? 
Um, he seems <clears throat> seems like a, a funny guy, you know. I I would say that the thing that stood out to me the most is, you know, he he was he was trying to hold his tongue, but he was still honest about how he felt about the way that um that things went down in New York. Um, you know, I, he, he sort of he got asked what he thought of the timing, and he said, "Well, first of all, I thought I know it's a business, and you know, I, I can put my business hat on and understand why they did what they did, but personally." didn't love it. Didn't appreciate getting cut at that point in the off season where teams didn't really have money. Um, you know, and there was just not as many opportunities for him to sign a, a long-term lucrative contract. Um, you know, uh, he was asked if the, uh, if the giants games are like circled on his calendar and he sort of, he goes, no, I'm looking forward to every game. And then he kind of lets out a big smile. Like uh, you guys know, I'm looking forward to those ones. So I don't know. I appreciate the honesty. I appreciate, um, you know, a little personality up there for sure. And, uh, yeah, I mean, he's talked a lot about his preference. You know, he says that he likes to play a little bit of man end zone. Um, I'm curious to see what the Eagles do there. You know, like Jonathan Gannon has last year, they used a lot of zone. He comes from schemes that use a lot of zone, um, you know, like coaches that favor his own coverage. So I sort of feel like that's probably what he'll, you know, gravitate toward. But now he's got two really good cornerbacks, three really good cornerbacks, I'd say. And, you know, if they want to play man, they kind of have the personnel to do it at this point. You know, Bradbury was better as his own corner last year in, in New York, but I still think, you know, having the talent to do both, it'll be interesting to see what happens with that. Yeah, and we got a lot of time with JG yesterday, as I mentioned, EJ. <clears throat> um, you know, he's got everything in the front seven. I'm it, we we haven't seen depth at linebacker with the Eagles in a very long time, and now you could argue there's some depth. The defensive line, you know, you you start to see where where's Milton Williams going to get some snaps as an uh, elevating player. It's going to be the old nice problem to have. You mentioned the corners, at least on paper, that's one of the best trios in football. Uh, the one question mark is safety, but you can't have everything. This team is legitimately hyped up about Marcus Epps. I think we can say that right now and, and, and people can feel confident. Um, no more excuses for Jonathan Gannon. Not that there were before, uh, but he's got everything at his disposal. Is that fair to say? Absolutely. You know, I was talking on Twitter with somebody yesterday. It's like, there's a chance at least that at the end of next season, we're looking back and we're going, man, we totally overreacted after that year one. He didn't have the personnel that he wanted. You know, this just wasn't, you know, defense built in his image. And I think this year, I mean, they've made so many changes that it's, it's kind of difficult to say that this defense isn't built with his scheme in mind. You know, I'm sure that, you know, maybe some players that they brought in were more just about long-term talent, you know, maybe like Jordan Davis, Although Jordan Davis does, he seems like a really good fit for what Jonathan Gannon wants to do. So I definitely think that um, this year it kind of is like a no more excuses. He's got a lot of talent on the field. He's got a lot of players that <clears throat> fit what he wants to do, seemingly. You know, like he's got a Jordan Davis and Hassan Reddick, you know, and all of a sudden a five-man front is actually a really talented five-man front. You know, last year when they went in those fronts, sometimes they'd have to put, you know, they'd have Jannard Avery on the field at Sam and, you yeah. know, they have guys yeah. out of position playing that four eye technique, whether it was like Josh Sweat or Ryan Kerrigan. Now you could put Milton Williams at that four eye. You could put um, you could put Jordan Davis at the nose, and you have Hassan Reddick at the Sam. Like those are huge upgrades. So um, definitely a lot more talent in the in the formations that he likes to run for sure. 
and just generally, I think the defense is a lot better than it was last year. So um, I definitely think this will be more of a, a, a fair test for Gannon. And um, yeah, I think, it, I think you're right. It's kind of like no more excuses. All right. Uh, you mentioned the Sam, the Will, the Mike. Have those become obsolete terms? Will they be obsolete terms with this year's Philadelphia Eagles team? Because Jonathan Gannon seems to want to be as flexional, as uh, flexible, as optional as possible, that he doesn't really want to, and he didn't give you guys yesterday, at least not on the record, any definitive things he wants to do with the defense this year. He just wants to be able to make it up as he goes along from play to play. <laughs> do you make up the names of the linebackers as well? Um, the Mike and the Will, I think, are pretty interchangeable with Gannon. Um, you know, I think that all those guys know how to play both. The Sam is its own type of thing most of the time. You know, that's like a defensive end almost. Um, so I do – and I, I don't know. I take him a little bit at his word with this, like, oh, I don't have a scheme. We don't run <laughs> anything. Like, we, we can change it up every week. He has his preferences, you know. Like, but when he – I think when – and most of the time you're going to see him in cover too high, five-man front, like – you know, two cover linebackers off the ball. Like, I mean, and they're going to run a lot of the same stuff, I feel like. So I don't always buy this, like, we don't have a scheme. But I think the, the like, the, the philosophy is sound in that, like, you don't want to be like, you know, I'm always going to run this exact look because it's the one that I like the most and it's the one that works most of the time, even if I don't have the players for it, even if we don't have the matchups for it. But at the for the most part, I do think that he has a scheme. He has a way he likes to play. Yeah, he does. I, I've talked to JG a lot over the years. Uh, he broke out Overhang, I think, for the first time. Yeah. I, I don't know. Did he mention? Has he mentioned that in Philadelphia? I don't think so. Yeah, no. I think he broke it out for the first time yesterday. And that's the Hassan Reddick uh, type player yeah. Um, in that Sam linebacker. So I think it was interesting. He broke. I think he's a little bit more comfortable this year. Definitely. And maybe uh, because he got all the head coaching interviews. Um, and, you know, I thought he was getting that Houston job for a while. So I think it was how you mentioned uh, we're renting Jonathan Gannon. <laughs> uh, do you think they are? Do you think? You know, this is it one year and he's going to be a head coach. Yeah, I sort of think that's where it's going. I mean, like, I know some fans like really get like they don't they don't get it with Gannon. Yeah. But it's like they when would you hear, if you met him for five minutes. <laughs> I would say once you hear him talk and you sort of hear him like when you hear him talk football, it makes sense. Like, listen, like the results weren't as good as they should have been last year. Um, I thought that I mean, I was on the record as being surprised that like he had as much attention as he did early on. But I, I also said like <clears throat> the way he interviews, like it made sense that he was a finalist once he got interviews, yeah. um, you know, cause it's just like, he does have a very um, like innovative view of defense. You know, he's definitely approaching it the way that a lot of the young, like, you know, you think about Brandon Staley, you think about like Robert Sala, he's approaching it like um, in line with like those guys, especially Staley. Um, so I do kind of think that I'm sure he'll, you know, unless things go terribly wrong here this next season, like I'm sure he'll get attention for uh, head coaching jobs again next year. And again, anytime he interviews, I would say you can't count him out because he just is even just like the way that he thinks about, um, as a defensive coordinator, like positional value, like he's got a background as a scout. Um, <clears> and that shows up like, you know, he definitely like thinks about, you know, where he wants money spent on his defenses. And, you know, he just, he has a, <clears throat> a very like macro view 
of an organization, even as a defensive coordinator, which I think will bode well once he's a head coach. All right, uh, let's uh, get over to the offensive side. John and I haven't talked about the running back position, I don't think, all week, as a matter (laughs) of fact. I know you guys got a chance to talk to Boston Scott Mm -hmm. yesterday, and everyone who covers the Eagles, follows the Eagles, roots for the Eagles, believe they're going to throw the ball more this year by hook, by crook. However, they go out and get A.J. Brown. Oh, they plan on throwing the ball more. How about out of the backfield? That's still throwing the football. I would not have called it a strength for Jalen Hurts last year, flaring the ball back, hitting their guy coming out of the backfield. I wouldn't say he was bad at it, but I just wouldn't call it a strength. How big a component of the offense is that going to be this year, throwing to backs out of the backfield, whether they start in the backfield or they're uh, split out to a wide receiver position, a slot position? How big a part of the offense do you think that's going to be this year, EJ? Well, I think anytime Jalen Hurts is your quarterback, the running back's role in the passing game can be a little minimized because, like, he's his own check down. You know, like, he's just going to – instead of checking it down to the running back in the flat, he's going to be like, I can make something happen with my legs. So I think that's why, you know, you sort of don't really know. Like, you're, I agree. Like, you don't really know. Like, is Jalen not good at hitting the running back out of the backfield? because I don't think he does it very often just because he, he he'd rather keep the ball in his hands. But – um, a name to watch with that, especially like if you want to break a, like a running back out in the slot is Kenny Gainwell. Like, you know, I sort of thought he had an up and down rookie season. Um, the touchdown production was really good. Uh, sorry for fantasy owners who, uh, you know, had a Miles Sanders. Um, yeah, but, Miles. <laughs> that's tough. The but, big goose egg. Yeah. Yeah, seriously. But uh, but no, I think Kenny Gainwell could definitely have a bigger role in, in the second year. I think he uh, he showed enough last year to sort of make you feel like he's going to be a part of their running back rotation for a while. Definitely don't think we have like a Donnell Pumphrey or anything on our hands here. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I would say that. Uh, and then the other thing I would say is like Miles Sanders, it's kind of just been weird with him in these drops the last few years. Like his rookie season, he did not have a problem with drops. Like he was pretty good catching the ball out of the backfield. It was like I remember in that offseason following his rookie season, he was like, you know, I want to be the next Christian McCaffrey. Like, you know, I want to be like, you know, a running back that affects the passing game just as much as the run game. And ever since then, he's dropped like 10 passes a season. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> I don't know what's going on with that. But, yeah, I mean, yeah. maybe this will be the year he puts it together. In the Man, it's contract year. That could always spur yeah. a player to have a big year. Sure, um, yeah. Let, let's talk about Jalen, though, because you brought him up. And, I, you know, the Eagles offseason has been interesting. Look, I think everybody focused on, no matter what they say, like, they were trying to get Russell Wilson to change his mind. They were – they were serious with Deshaun Watson, although I don't think they would have ever went to where the Browns went with the contract. Um, but, you know, when it came to that other level of quarterbacks, they had no interest in Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, e- even if he's healthy, which he's not yet. No interest in Baker Mayfield when he came available. Even Kyler Murray, nothing, uh, who's an extremely, extremely talented player. So that's a very good sign that the Eagles, all right, if we can get a superstar, we'll think about that. But otherwise, we're very happy with Jalen Hurts. Why the heck is Howie Roseman talking about Nick Foles? Now, I think it was overblown. Yeah. Why why even make the call, though? Why? (laughs) In this city, EJ. I feel like it was overblown a little bit. I think that it was probably the type of thing where they were doing their due, their due diligence based well, off don't of like... Don't even do the due diligence. But, it's, but I, think, I think if it's like, you know... Because I, I do think that if the right opportunity had presented itself, 
that they would have moved Gardner. I mean, if, if yeah, Gardner had I a starting opportunity, I think it would have yeah. been best for both of them to let him take, yeah. let him pursue it. And I think if Gardner had gotten traded or, you know, I, I don't see how they would have released him, but if he had gotten traded, I feel like they probably would have been in on Nick Foles, but, oh, oh. <laughs> but I mean, I agree. I hear what you're saying. I mean, just the frenzy was uh was really something the other day. I, like sometimes I, it still surprises me how much people get charged up over this. It's like, man, like it is guess, unbelievable. Hey, you won the only Super Bowl in franchise history. And, and and don't get me wrong, I don't think it would affect Jalen that much. No, nah, he's um, not built like he's not wired he, like that. Yeah. Absolutely not. But you know who it would affect? Nick Sirianni. And I think yeah. people forget, you know, he's a young coach. Uh, you know, we we've had so much, you know, everybody says it's, you know, if Jalen Hurts has a, a good season, you know, the Eagles have everything on offense to be successful. Defense, we talked, it's it's on JG, put all the pieces together. Nick has kind of skated under the radar. Everybody's like, yeah, Nick's a good coach. Nick's doing a solid job. Nobody talks about him. The minute Jalen Hurts, if he loses, say, week two, Monday night against Minnesota, week three against Carson Wentz. And Nick Bowles is here? What? Why would you put that on, on Nick Sirianni's plate? Yeah, no, I, I agree. I agree with you there. Um, I do feel like, though, this year, like, if – well, now, now that Nick Foles is out of the picture, at least. Yeah. I do feel like this year, even if the offense struggles, I think the onus is going to be more on Jalen than it will be on Nick. I mean, I agree with you. Like, there were times last year where we were like, how many screen passes are you going to oh, call? Like, oh. And I think it was more just like, I feel like he was a young coach, sort of like, yeah, I'm going to run all these RPOs, and every time we have the box count we want, we are chucking it to a, like a bubble screen on the outside and taking advantage of that. And finally, he was like, you know what? Like, I've got the best offensive line in football. I've got a quarterback who's plus one in the run game. I'm not calling an RPO and hoping that we get the count we want. I'm just going to run the ball. Um, so, I don't know. I think that – Last year, like, you know, his adaptability was definitely something that was encouraging, but he also did, like, you know, have the wrong idea at the beginning of the year. So, um, I, but I don't know. I do feel like this year is going to be such a, you know, evaluation process for Jalen. I think that if they do struggle, I feel like Nick might still skate under the radar a little bit. AJ, if you knew me, you would uh, know that one of my favorite things to do is ask, hypothetical questions uh, okay. some people like don't it. like yeah. them at all but i like them a lot <laughs> but in. if there's yeah. anything that i may like more than hypothetical questions it's crystal ball questions so i'm going to ask you to get out your eagles crystal ball and tell me what player for whatever reasons if you want to expand on the reasons please do so will get the most snaps at right guard for the philadelphia eagles this year <laughs> so I heard you guys talking about this earlier. I think it's Isaac Samalo. I mean, like, I, I hear what you guys are saying about the durability stuff, and you're right about that. And it might be that Jack Driscoll steps in for him, but Jack Driscoll hasn't been durable either. No. Um, I mean, like, I feel like I was lower on Isaac Samalo, but I really did. I took Jason Kelsey at his word last year. I mean, he said something along the lines of, like, you guys don't really talk about him, but he has become one of the best – you know, best guards in football and like one of the most important parts of our offensive line. Um, and that's, that surprised me, but I mean, Kelsey knows more about offensive line play than I do. So um, yeah, but then, then again, 
Kelsey loves everybody. True. Yeah, uh, that's he, fair. He throws <laughs> terms like Tesla stock on guys who can't even get sure. onto the field. So oh, come on. I, I, I love, yeah. I love yeah. Kelsey, but I take what he says about his teammates with a little bit of a, a grain of salt because he's always going to pump up his teammates. I think he sees that as a responsibility as well, a leader the, of this football. The Tesla stock is apparently – I'm listen, I'm no stock market expert, but I heard Tesla stock's not doing great. No, <laughs> not. Yeah. No, maybe Kelsey is that bright. He yeah. was like, if we all thought, took it as a positive. Oh, well, he Maybe was, was he was going crystal ball yeah. on us for, yeah. for the market. Little did I know. Shame on me. I should have put that two and yeah. two together. Never yeah. doubt Jason Kelsey. You should know that, Jody. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, we were talking something else. You, you, I think you're right. The the question with Isaac. The only question because Jeff Stoutman has said raved about him over the years, um, and this I started thinking about it before they released Nate Herbig. I said. Isaac makes a lot of money, yeah. you know, and it does seem like Stout and, and, and Nick Sirianni really, really like Jack Driscoll and he played well and there's durability issues with both players, as you mentioned, EJ. Um, and I started thinking, well, maybe they might move on sort of James Bradbury, like from Isaac Samalich, just cause he's really expensive as a guard and he's certainly not going to be backup at that salary. Uh, But then they released Nate Herbig. So I think that cleared things up a little bit. I want to go to tackle. I don't know if you heard us talking about that part. Last year when Lane uh, had to leave the team, um, they they flipped Jordan Mailata uh, to right tackle and put Andre Dillard at left tackle, which I think the ability to do that makes Andre more valuable. I think a lot of people said, well, they have to trade Andre Dillard. He can't be a backup. He's got no versatility. You've heard it, yada, yada, yada. But having Jordan, the versatility he has, that that's a little bit of a luxury. Is, do you think the Eagles look at it that way and think Andre Dillard's more valuable because they know they could move Jordan uh, and he can just be a left tackle? Yeah, I mean, I definitely – Jordan is like – like it's – it's a it's a credit to him for sure. Yeah, first he doesn't credit. know he's a star. That's right. what I said. He he doesn't <laughs> know he's a star. I think that speaks to like man. It's just like both Andre Dillard and Jordan Mailata are like really like like a cautionary tales for me. Like on what you see in training camp, <clears throat> you got to be careful sometimes because like I I felt bad because Andre Dillard when he played left tackle looked pretty good in the games. Yeah, but and I I felt bad because it's like for the last two years I've been telling Eagles fans like this guy is he looks awful like he's getting beat by third team defensive ends and then he goes out on the field on the field and plays well and Mylotta same thing I mean <clears throat> he you Joe Osman I about to say Joe Osman yeah. just got released was yeah. destroying him in practice for the first few years of his career and I think like maybe that is always like in the back of his head is like I used to get my I my butt kicked <laughs> in practice every day. And now I'm the starting left tackle on this team. So um, I, I agree with you. I think that, you know, the fact that Mylotta is willing to do it makes Dillard more valuable. But I also think, you know, I think that there's a lot of value for another team. I'm surprised. I honestly thought he'd get traded because, I mean, he's a starting quality left tackle. Uh, you know, he's better than some left tackles on other teams. Um, so I don't know. I, um, I definitely think that he's got some value as a left tackle. You just can't move him. I mean, I think it's just more of a, <clears throat> a mentality thing than anything with him. 
starting left tackle and a highly paid starting left tackle at that. Mylotta did get his payday this year, which he definitely uh, earned. Yeah. All right, uh, last one for me, Jay. We, we've haven't gotten to the quarterback yet. We haven't actually talked much about the quarterback last couple of weeks here on the show because the Eagles have made so many other moves. And I think that's a good thing that we're not narrow focusing on Jalen Hurts, what he is, what he can be, what he has to be, the pressure that's on him and the like. Sorry, Jalen, we got to throw the, the Klieg light back on you for a millisecond. <laughs> um, off schedule plays. Play is called, supposed to run one way. Defense beats someone on the offensive line. You got to get out of the pocket. The off-schedule plays. Hertz made some big ones this past year. He made some mistakes on those last year as well. He certainly seems to prefer and be better rolling to his right than he does rolling to his left. What is the one aspect that Hertz absolutely positively must be better at this upcoming season? in out-of-the-pocket, off-schedule plays? Um, in, that, in that regard, I would say being comfortable targeting all spots of the field. I mean, he really – like his passing charts are like shockingly uh, reliant on throwing outside the hashes. And that's a thing with like sh- like shorter quarterbacks a lot of the time. But with him, it's like he, when he's out of the pocket, it shouldn't matter. Because, you know, the thing is like, oh, well, they can't see over the offensive line, so that's why they don't do it. But I think with him, it's more of a reluctance to trust what he sees, like, down the middle of the field and, you know, sort of, like, not always wanting to take the risks and not make – like, you know, just reading it maybe a little bit slower. And that's something he, he should get better at. You know, like, it would be a surprise to me if he didn't improve, like, reading defenses from year to year. Um so that's the that's like the, the 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 sliver of hope I'll give people who really want to see Jalen Hurts catch on as a franchise quarterback. It's like the thing that he has to get better at, you know, accuracy aside. Like if the thing I think the thing he needs to get better at is really like hitting reads on time, you know, making better decisions, and like that stuff he'll get better at. Like that's just playing time. Um, the accuracy stuff I think like you know that's a concern. Um, I think the arm strength thing is overblown with him. I think he's got a plenty strong enough arm, doesn't have a cannon. Um, there are times where you're like, huh? Like, you know, I remember one of the throws against Tampa Bay. I think I can't remember the play, but it was like he threw it toward the end zone. And it's just like, you did not put enough on that. Like there are times where you feel like his arm sort of uh, defies him, but I don't think arm strength is an issue with him. Um, but yeah, I would definitely say like on these off schedule things in particular, it's like you have to be able to hit the guys on the scramble drill that go, inside instead of all the ones running to the sideline so ej smith at ej smith 94 no periods by the way uh <laughs> in, in the name uh ej smith read him inquire.com his latest uh on jonathan gannon reworking his scheme around uh the new additions you can check out ej there um i'll leave you with this ej uh, we'll keep it with the quarterback do you think He's already got Dallas Goddard to use in the middle of the field. Now you got a huge receiver. You think those big bodies help uh, Jalen Hurts be more comfortable because those passing charts you mentioned, yeah, they look like uh, a donut, basically. <laughs> they avoid the middle of the field. Uh, yeah, no, I, I think that um, I think that those are like the types of receivers that he like will do the best with, honestly, is – that Dallas Goddard, AJ Brown, like as good as Devonte is, I do think that <clears throat> sometimes Devonte could use like a quarterback that 
is a little bit more like predicated on timing and, you know, accuracy. Like I don't think that Jalen and Devontae are like perfectly matched as a quarterback receiver combo. I think AJ Brown is like exactly what you want for Jalen Hurts, you know, like contested catches, just like go, go win. You know, I think Jalen will give him the chances to do it. I mean, you saw, he really liked targeting Dallas Goddard late in the season last year. Um, so yeah, I definitely think that that'll probably help for sure. Um, and even if it's not targeting the middle of the field, just like having, you know, a big target on the outside will help him, I think. All right, EJ, I lied. I do have one more question for you. <laughs> Sticking with the off schedule that we talked about with Jalen Hurts. Mm-hmm. Off schedule, checking your sources here. Where is Nick Sirianni going with competitions when camp opens up? Is tetherball a possibility? Is cricket in the offing for the Eagles? What is what is going to be this year's camp com- competition venue that Nick Sirianni will uh, use to see if he can get a read on his players on how badly they want to win? I thought you were about to like ask me if there was like a, a left tackle controversy or something. No, no. <laughs> um, a little, little light to wrap things up. The here, only AJ. the only inside information that I could share with you is that. I was uh, we were in the media room, like the auditorium yesterday, and I'm looking at that basketball hoop that they put up. That yeah. thing doesn't look so good. That thing looks like it might be coming down soon. So what I'll tell you is that the basketball might actually have to stop at some point because they might have to repair that wall. It looks like some some offensive or defensive lineman went up to dunk on that yeah. thing, and the whole thing kind of like yeah. shifted yeah. in the wall. I think Daryl Daryl yeah. Dawkins was in there. I don't know. I saw Anthony Harris throwing up a couple Ben Simmons like free throws. I, yeah, that might the Eagles it. put that on. That was that was harsh that yeah. they put that on their website. But I did see a football in the auditorium for the first time. I never see a football. What a, what a novel concept. Yeah, yeah. What, a, what a novel concept. <laughs> that is funny. EJ, great stuff. We appreciate you coming on with us. Now that you're part of the fam, we are going to get you back whenever your peeps allow you to join our peeps. Thanks for doing it with us today. We will certainly talk to you again down the road. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. DJ Thanks, Smith. EJ. All right. Outstanding job covering the Philadelphia Eagles for the Philadelphia Inquirer, and we'll suck them into our <laughs> world whenever we can in the upcoming months and leading into the 2022 season. McDonald and McMullen, you're macking that guy. It's coming back to put a bow on the show. of life first trust bank is there for you because philadelphia dreams deserve a philadelphia bank do you stream on a roku fire stick android tv or apple tv now you can watch 6abc 24 7 with the 6abc philadelphia streaming app the big story and that can you search 6abc philadelphia and start streaming today 
and Philadelphia. We celebrated the miracle with pride only five years ago. And then the following morning, IBEW Local 98 members went back to work, building this city, rescuing our communities from decay, and inspiring the young men and women of the region to take pride in who we are. Like the cats, Local 98 members believe in hope. To learn more about who we are, what we do, and career opportunities with Local 98, visit us, ibew98.org. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. Glasses for cocktails, right? It's for this, this, this. And that. Is the length of the glass equal to your... You betcha. But is it made out of... Glass? Okay, but is the rim... Smooth? Will you stop doing... That? I'm the professional here. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. All from the company that's highly awarded. Zero cars, zero sugar, and deliciously tasting vodka. So good, it just disappears. Coming down to home stretch on a Wednesday, verse 365. With John McMullen and Jody McDonald. All right, a uh, couple of uh, questions for you, McMullen, before we put a bow on this show. No, they got you... uh, real quick, Jody. Got to break in. Okay. You know uh, how to say Aditi's last name from the NFL Network. I don't want to butcher her last name. King, you know who I'm talking about? Aditi no. Kink. Uh, anyway, uh, I don't want to butcher Aditi's uh, last name, but she is reporting that John Ferrari is expected to be elevated as one of potentially two assistant GMs in Philadelphia. Keep an eye on Brandon Hunt, which we mentioned, the odd man out, the Steelers shuffling. Now, did Uh, you specifically use the title assistant general manager? That's exactly what she said. Expected to be elevated as one of potentially two assistant GMs. So the Eagles are going to go from having no no assistant general managers during Howie Roseman's tenure as general manager to having two. Well, again, and 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 it's Twitter, so you don't have a lot of. uh, When she talks about Brandon Hunt, she says, "Told he could be in line for a VP spot." So again. The Eagles, it's more about vice president of football operations, vice president of player personnel versus assistant GM. In other words, the Eagles consider them assistant GMs, but they don't use that title. They haven't used that title. Until they use that title, I would lean towards more of the, the VP titles. John is already the vice president of football operations and compliance. That's his previous. He's sort of the guy who keeps an eye on the rules and looks for the loopholes there. A little bit of a surprise that, but he might be in for that Catherine race role. It remains to be seen how it, how it shakes out, but there's two names, John Ferrari, Brandon Hunt. 
fair enough. And Hunt makes a lot of sense because uh, he was in the mix for the general manager's position or maybe the assistant general manager's position. Two filled in Pittsburgh. He didn't get either one of them. The Eagles had certainly already contacted him, so uh, he might read the writing in the wall that uh, a promotion is not in the offing in Pittsburgh for several years. Maybe he does come here to Philadelphia. That makes a lot of sense to me. I uh, The question I was going to ask you before you gave us the good Eagle front office potential dirt going forward. They made the decision yesterday, keeping the combine in Indianapolis, not only this upcoming year, which they were going to do, but the year after as well, because there were stories about taking it on the road the same way they do the NFL draft. I've never been to the combine. I've been to Indianapolis, and I know the layout of how they have the combine, but I've never been there. Uh, people tell me it's one of the most convenient setups that you can have, that it's easy access, it's easy to get to, from point A to point B and the like. Never covered it. I believe you have, correct? You've covered the combine before? Yes. You're, yes. You're, because it's going to be in Indianapolis, will you be deserting me during the combine week this upcoming year? Uh, that's always up to, I didn't go this year. Um, yeah, depends on, do they want me there? Do they you, not you, want me you there? You think you can talk crats into going again? It's the question uh, I'm asking. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't mind uh, talking them into going. How's that? Did did Kratz bring the wife to Indianapolis? I know he tried no, to get her to no, Vegas no. whenever. He goes He's out. already planning the the wife trip to Miami during preseason for the joint practices. Um, so they're going to have joint practices back to back, Cleveland and Miami. I forget which games first. I think Cleveland. Yeah, I do. Um, they're going to have back to back joint practices. Defend their joint practice championship. Yeah, he's already the, taken the wife down to Miami. Putting the undefeated record of the joint practices on the line. In Biting Miami, champion. Right? Biting champion. All right, last thing. Uh, another thing that was discussed around the league yesterday. Potential changes to the Pro Bowl. Good. If they If they are creative enough, John McMullen, will it, it, it lure you back into that no, assignment? I will never watch another Pro unless I'm forced to. No, I'm and talking about covering, getting there and going because oh, you know, the new when structure it was, of the Pro Bowl. John it, McMullen must be on the coverage. When it was in Hawaii, I was begging to cover it. Uh nobody would nobody cared. I I yeah. It's not in Hawaii, so I'm not gonna no, be asking. No, Let's not, put it that way. But I've always said keep the honor, ditch the game. It doesn't, you know, it the, the Pro Bowl is very important for players and the honor. And contracts even. So keep the honor, ditch the game. And by the way, if you do it that way, Jody, and you can have some sort of NBA-like skills challenge or whatever and still have an event, and it's more meaningful too, the Pro Bowl, because you don't have all those alternates from guys dropping out. So if you make a Pro Bowl, you know you're at the top tier level of, of that particular season. So right. I've always said that. Flag football at its finest, coming to you soon after the 2022 well, season. That might be the, the NFL season, by the way, according to some people. It's like flag football. Just put, you know, why don't we play seven on sevens? We don't run team drills. So yeah, Eagles, that could uh, impre improve the Eagles' chances because they're going to get a lot of seven on seven work this Safety. upcoming offseason. Flag football, baby. Safety. All right. Yeah, I might say we try this again tomorrow. You in? Let's do it. I say we're both in. We'll be back here on Birds 365 in. Two and two. 
You've been listening to Birds 365. The destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.